Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. COVID-19 Advisory Board, Dr. Richard Bright. Uh, Today we'll be discussing another and pointy to President-elect Joe Biden's COVID-19 Advisory Board, Dr. Richard Bright. Dr. Bright is incredibly experienced in the realms of virology and governmental advisory work. He's an immunologist and a virologist. From 2016 to April of 2020, Dr. Bright was the director of the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, overseeing the government's production and purchase of vaccines. Right. That's also known as BARDA. But before acting as the director of BARDA, he was the director of the Influenza and Emerging Infectious Diseases Division, which, by the way, sounds like a really cool place to work. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> In the spring, he published a report detailing how his early concerns about coronavirus were ignored and that speaking out against hydroxychloroquine led to his abrupt dismissal by President Trump. Yeah. Dr. Bright was born and raised in Hutchinson, Kansas. He attended Auburn University and graduated with a dual degree in biology and physical science. He holds a PhD in immunology and virology from Emory University. He started his career at the CDC in the influenza division, focusing on human and avian viruses, and has formerly served as an advisory to the World Health Organization. And given all this experience, one thing that I can say he definitely can, uh, uh, can do is make something go viral. Oh, that was so bad. <laughs> that was, folks, that was no, bad. No, was, in all honesty, uh, again, this is a really another, uh, uh, this is, I, and I don't want to be trite here. I was going to say this is another bright spot, but it is, it is another bright spot with regard to uh, the advisory committee. And as we've been profiling each one of these individuals, it's been an honor to study them and to talk about them. And, and certainly Dr. Bright, who was fired unceremoniously because he recognized that hydroxychloroquine did not work against... Did not work. Prevent- it's really, really, really comforting to know that we're a strong foundation is being laid to lead a response moving forward. Absolutely. And that's a bright spot. Dude, stop. How parents contain the stress of climate crisis. So many Americans have dealt with way too many challenges this year. There's the pandemic. And then of course, with that is the economic instability and the online schooling. And of course, we've seen the racism and all of the protests for civil rights. Now, on top of all that, we have climate crisis from hurricanes uh, 30, to, 30. To, to wildfires. <laughs> but I will say today, today's day, to the day that we're actually recording this, yes. is the official last day of hurricane season in the Gulf. So yeah, that's we, just, what, we, we woke just, up to that today saying... And we just hope the hurricanes read the book and looked at their calendar to right, make sure the, that... Yeah, yeah I hope done. so. Yeah. Wait, 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 you want an over and under on that? No, no, no. I want nothing to do. I don't want to over, under. I don't want anything. You can't give me the line. You can't give me a straight, flat, nothing. I'm just going to leave them over there. Let them do what they do. Stay away from the Gulf Coast. (laughs) Stay away from the Gulf Coast. Some have coined the term eco-anxiety. 
This year, many parents have been met with some big challenges, but there's still hardship and stress in a lot of households. Yeah. So there's only so much motivation that one can gain from stress. Now, beyond that, it escalates to panic and chronic illness. The New York Times does have an article explaining ways to reduce that overwhelming feeling that you may have, which can influence your parenting. Let's take a deep breath. All right. (laughs) Let's go through some of these. okay? Okay. Attend to your own needs. That sounds good. Psychologists have found that your children can pick up on emotional cues, so you need to ensure that you're taken care of. This is also called co-regulation. Classic stress relievers include exercise, deep breathing, self-expression in the arts, whatever you may find relaxing. Hold on. What does that sound like? That's sounds. That's like either get check, get fit, get, get moving, moving, or, or... breathe, check, step back, <laughs> <laughs> or all of the above. <laughs> What's important is that you're bringing comfort to yourself and to your children, and also showing them how you're staying afloat. It's interesting because I had a friend post on social media day. He has like a two year old, and he never realized that his children were watching. His his kid was watching him. When he gets stressed, he walks through. He rubs his head and he sighs. And he watched her today four times. Walk through the house. Go. <sighs> and rubber head. Oh, she watched that. <laughs> Our oh. kids are watching, folks. That's right. So that segues perfectly to the next one. Seek connection. Social isolation hurts while connection heals. We are, of course, in a pandemic, but there are still ways to connect. The Climate Psychology Alliance is planning free and virtual climate cafes in support of support group around climate emergencies. Hmm. Interesting. Another thing you can do is we can maintain routines. Yes. Ooh, it's grabbing on in the midst of the storm, grabbing onto that tree to anchor you. They can help you feel more in control. Right now, it seems like we don't have a lot of control when it comes to climate. But the little things you do in your home can settle your nervousness. Anchor in the present. Be present in the moment. Find and anchor yourself in something pleasurable to escape the worrisome thoughts that you may have. This can also bring a sense of gratitude. And finally... Stand up for others. Action can be empowering by creating meaning and purpose. Whatever you choose, just know you can build resilience. Try finding the good in a situation. All of these are are great. Yeah, they are. So remember, breathe, check, step back, get checked, get fit, get moving. Most importantly, if you can ever help someone, help them and stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. Absolutely. And I just want to say that this excellent piece was written by Nardos. And thank you, Nardos, for uh, really an, an excellent piece, something that really motivated Doc Griggs and I. Public health programs see a surge in enrollment amid pandemic. Hmm. As the coronavirus pandemic continues to rage on after many months, it can be hard to see anything positive happening because of it. One silver lining is that students are using this as an opportunity to gain experience and arm themselves with knowledge. Good. We love it. Public health programs in the U.S. have seen a surge in enrollment as the coronavirus sweeps through the country. Yay. Finally. Yeah. (laughs) How awesome is that? Even as state and local health departments are having to struggle with reduced budgets, more demand for services, staff departures, and even threats to worker safety as a result of the pandemic, new students are entering the field of public health. Yay. Come on in. The water (laughs) is fine. The Associated Press reports that among 
more than 100 schools and public health programs, there was a 20% increase from the previous year in applications to master's in public health programs for the current academic year. Yeah, the increase is bigger at some universities. A faculty member at Florida International University said the new student enrollments in its master's and public health program grew 63% wow. from the last year. Jeez. The school's especially seen an uptick in interest amongst black students from 21% of newly admitted students last fall to 26.8% this year. Interviews with incoming black students indicate they're wondering why the pandemic is affecting the black community so much. And getting a degree in public health will give them the knowledge to answer that question and more. But unfortunately, students are entering a public health field that faced challenges well before the pandemic. That's true. The Associated Press reports that since 2010, per capita spending for state public health departments has dropped by 16% and for local health departments by 18%. That's right. At least 38,000 state and local public health jobs have disappeared since the 2008 recession. Also, an aging workforce, high turnover, and poor pay have contributed to those challenges. Add to that, the pandemic and the political tug of war of how to contain the virus has really tested the resilience of the public health field. All of those challenges have seemed to solidify the importance of public health work for students, though. Many are proud because they know that they're going to be a part of the frontline public health workforce that hasn't always gotten the respect that it deserves. By welcoming more diversity in the field, we can hopefully inform and reinvigorate the push to create equitable health outcomes for all, whether we're facing a worldwide pandemic or not. You know, the one thing that that brings me hope about this is that we have seen increases in, in public health uh, matriculation, and I think we've seen increases in medical school matriculation as well. But more than anything else is that as public health practitioners, you and I, we definitely need to take hold of this moment mm -hmm. that we're in in time mm -hmm. and start to push back against these cutting of the budgets um, uh, that we've seen. I remember... It, like six or seven years ago, uh, the governor of Florida, I think it was Rick Scott at the time, cut a TB program. Just cut the TB Just program. Randomly. Right. I, I'm sure there was, you know, he was, their, you know, yeah. stealing from Paul to, you know, Peter Not to pay Peter Paul. Paul. Right. But what do you think happened two years later? TB went up. Yeah, TB, yeah. <laughs> TB epidemic. It's not of funny course. for us, but of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. I mean, yeah. anybody could have, you know, so like, so for those of you that are listening, those of you that are going to be entering the public health field, good, good on you. Welcome. It is, it welcome, like Doc Griggs says, the water is warm. It, it is difficult, it is the most satisfying work. And not only that, but if we all band together and we start demanding that budgets don't get cut and that pay is equitable to the amount of work that we do, I think that moving forward, we can finally fix this public health system that's been broken as a result of 50 different states setting up 50 different systems. Yep. That just doesn't make sense. We doesn't have to unify the system once and for all. One, one band and one voice. Here, here. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? 
Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.